There we go. Hi, everybody. I'm Rod Jans with Fuel Radio, and joining me today is Carmen Dunn. Hi, Carmen. Hi. <laughs> Carmen is a nutritionist, and um, what's, what's your official title? What are some of the degrees that you have? By way of introduction, we're going to do this a little bit differently. So will you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? And I, I just noticed that you have a great video, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play that because I think it says a lot about oh. who you are and what you do. So. Yeah. What are, what did some of the letters behind your name mean? <laughs> yeah, it gets confusing. Um, the main certification is CNP, so Certified Nutritional Practitioner. And then I did additional training in functional nutrition. So that's referred to as FDN, um, a practitioner of functional diagnostic nutrition. Um, in layman's terms, we're known as holistic nutritionists mm. that work alongside naturopathic doctors. Okay. Nice. I like, I like all of those designations. Those sound interesting. So here we go with the video. When women first come to me, they're frustrated. They're on the verge of giving up and they're skeptical because they've tried so many things. Nothing has worked. What's happening is their body is going through dysfunction. And that's what I work with. And dysfunction always precedes disease. I used to work in the corporate world and back then I went through a pretty severe burnout and it got to the point where it was so severe that I decided I had to leave my job and when I started thinking about what, what is it that I truly love in life, the only thing that came up was I'd always really been passionate for natural health. This led me to go back to school to study nutrition and it was there when I really started understanding the physiology behind burnout so that I finally understood why I was feeling that way. And so whether a woman is working in the corporate world or she's running her own business that she loves, these are the things that are going to come up and I really want to serve these women so that they don't get to the place where I was. The first thing I do when I work with a client is I run functional labs on them so I can find out exactly where these issues are coming from and then I take that information and build a plan that's personalized to them and their lifestyle so I can get them feeling amazing again. What my clients are looking for is it's pretty simple. They don't want to be tired anymore throughout the day. You know, they want to have energy to help their kids with their homework, go out, you know, to networking events in the evening. They want to be able to eat food with confidence that they're not going to blow it up or have, you know, some gut-wrenching pain. They want to feel better in their clothes and the way that they want to feel is not only realistic, but attainable. When I think back to where I used to be, I wasted so many of my precious years just suffering. I used to tell myself this was normal and there was nothing I could do about it. And so my vision is really to show women that it doesn't have to be this way. I don't think most women know how good they're meant to feel. <laughs> wow, where do I sign up? <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that. That's good. It's really good. I think it, it, it explains your, your approach and your target yeah. market, obviously. I think you're still working with uh, or wanting to work with successful women. I'm sure you're open to more than that, but that's probably your, still your target market, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I have a question from that because I've thought, I, I know that um, I, I told you in our pre-interview chat that I've been, I tried raw vegan. <laughs> and I'm like on day 62 or something like that. Oh, wow. And, um, but it's a lot of work. And yeah. so <laughs> yeah. how do you work with busy entrepreneurial or corporate people, successful people? Like how do they find, how do you help them find the time to eat a nutrition, eat nutritious meals and snacks and so forth? Um, well, I think there's a, a bunch of different techniques depending on the person and their lifestyle challenges. Um, 
you know, I, I'm not a chef myself and I'm very upfront. I don't particularly love cooking. I did not come from a family that loved to cook. Cooking for us was always a chore. It was a, what the hell are we going to cook tonight? So my, the strategy that I give to my clients is really simple. Like I have a really simple matrix that I use so that when they open up the fridge, they're like, okay, I need this, this, and this, and they're done. So a lot of the meals that I help them cook are five to 10 minutes max. Um, I have had in some instances clients where their jobs really did not permit them to have the time to cook. Like they were in the film industry or something. So, you know, in those cases, then I help them. Um, there's a lot of really good meal delivery services. And then I would work with the, the company and design um, the food plan that they needed. And then we'd get it delivered to them. So there's Lots of different techniques. Sometimes fasting is a way that helps a woman cut from three meals down to two meals. If we get her fasting through the morning, then she doesn't have to worry about breakfast. Mm. And then she can just focus on two meals a day. So it really depends on the person, their needs, their unique lifestyle challenges. And then I try to build something that is realistic to them because I'm not going to match a therapy or a tool to them if it's not realistic and I know they're not going to follow it. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, simplicity, simple little matrix. Um, I'm not doing complicated meals myself and I'm healthy. So if I can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah. Excellent. So it sounds like you're, you're setting people up for success instead of hopefully. Failure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's too, too complicated and takes too much time, people are going to give up pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 Um, I like what you said about the organized fridge. I mean, if you could see my fridge right now, it's absolute chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't take very long to get that way. I know. We're we'll just looking for space. Yeah. We'll have to talk some more. I also really like your noodle maker. <laughs> the zoodles are awesome. And it was my, my oldest child was eating them. Now he's through a phase where he won't eat them. But um, yeah, I love zoodles. Yeah. When, when we get the, there's a are now in season so i pick them up at the farmer's market on every week now but yeah great well you're probably the third or fourth nutritionist i've spoken with and i love wow. talking to people like you who have this background because in the diet industry it's just been my observation and you're not, I'm not saying you're in that industry. You're in, the, you're helping people get healthy. You're, you're focusing in on nutrition, but typically I think what a lot of people are told or sold is kind of that one size fits all. And what, what I like about uh, people who are nutritionists is uh, like it showed in your video, how you personalize yeah. each, each thing for people. Maybe you could just say a bit more about that. Like tell us about your, approach to nutrition and, and personalization? Yeah, the, um, that whole one size fits all model, that's what pushed me to go and seek further training in functional nutrition because it doesn't work. And I tried it in, when I first graduated and I tried it, it with my clients and it didn't work. Um, you know, and just because a food is deemed healthy doesn't mean it's healthful for a, one person. So, you know, we're told all the time, like, oh, beans are really healthy, you know, kidney beans, black beans. I love the taste of beans, but they were actually one of the worst foods for me. And I can explain later why, but 
I noticed you posted oh. lately that you wanted to give beans a try and it just wasn't working for Oh, me. chickpeas, yeah. Yeah, I chickpeas, was like, yeah. What's the point of this? The, all the bloating and pain? And Oh, no, it was the fatigue that hit me the fatigue, entire afternoon. Yeah. So I lost four hours of work, right, mm. of productivity. Um, so your question, okay, so how do I your get approach. away from once it's <laughs> all is – I, I run labs on clients and I let the lab work dictate which plan we're going to go towards. Um, because everybody's a unique individual. We all have different biochemical individualities. And now I don't know if you saw, I just soft launched my genetic consultation. So now I can take the results of people's genetic tests. Like, you know, when you go through 23andMe or ancestry.com and from those genes, I can now see, um, which diet would be optimal. Like I can see which people could thrive on a vegan diet or which people no, they need to add meat back in. Mm -hmm. um, so it lets me see certain nutrients. So, you know, that's another thing that I'm, I'm happy to add into my practice because now I can get even more precise about someone's um, optimal diet. And now we're looking at their genetic background too, which is that missing P, which I wasn't able to do before. Mm. That's super fascinating. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just I, I so what I what I heard you say is just because a food is deemed healthy doesn't mean that it's it works for everyone. We had uh, dinner with some friends on the weekend, and and uh, he's had some heart issues, and um, you know, she said you like by me doing the uh, raw vegan diet, I was actually able to lower my cholesterol numbers and stuff like that and get my H, you know, the ones that's supposed to go up, go up and the ones that go down, go down. And she actually said, you're fortunate because she said that doesn't, doesn't work for her husband. So it was just reiterating what I think this is kind of new for me. So, and here you are saying it again, that uh, yeah, one size doesn't fit all and, and uh, not, not every food is necessarily could be healthy but doesn't work for everyone right? exactly and yeah. that's one of the genes i can test in ah. is i can actually see if someone um genetically produces less hdl cholesterol than others in which case their high cholesterol is genetic so i think if that is someone's case it kind of removes a bit of that guilt off them like okay it's mm -hmm. not because i was being lazy or not working out it's there's something working against me but the part of this that i like is it, it, it's a field known as epigenetics where you can change the way a gene expresses itself through diet or new, um, diet and lifestyle. So we can kind of turn bad genes off and good genes on. Mm -hmm. So when we start applying nutrition into it, it's known as nutrigenomics. So if someone had that, uh, what we call a SNP or a polymorphism on their gene, we can actually turn it off and I can kind of hack it in a way to wow. help them through it. So um yeah, no, it's it's really really powerful stuff. Epigenetics, that's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> How did you come across that? Because I think it is it is something that's become more and more popular lately, isn't it? Yeah, I was very fortunate. Um, I was kind of it was almost like an apprenticeship, if you will. Um, I've been studying for just over three years now um, under various doctors across uh, Canada and U.S. who are kind of like the top top leaders in this field and. Um, so I've been training with them and it, it, it 
it's mind blowing. Some of the results we're seeing, like one of the doctors I train with is in Toronto. She's a naturopathic physician there and she's written multiple books on weight loss. And she says now she doesn't even use her books with her patients. She just looks at their genetics and then boom, can fix things. So, and one of the doctors I worked with in, um, in the States, I think he's in Ohio or something fascinating stuff. He was telling me about, um, fertility. Um, there's a, a field called conscious conception. And if you're able to change your diet and lifestyle six months preconception, hmm. you can turn off some of those bad genes that someone may have. So the offspring doesn't inherit them. So wow. say you were genetically predisposed towards obesity, hmm. you could actually make, um, make it so your offspring doesn't inherit that all through cleaning up your diet, your lifestyle on both the man and the woman's side. So you can, it's just fascinating. So there's so much we can do in that six months um, time before we try to make a baby. So I'm loving it so far. I mean, it's a very complicated area, but the implications in a clinical sense are really, really powerful. I bet it's really helpful for people, and I'm sure you meet them all the time, who have tried all kinds of things, and they just, yeah. they, they're like, nothing works for me. But you can look at it and be really specific and say, okay, let's, this is probably what it is. Let's give this a try. Yeah, like, I'll give you an example on me that kind of blew my mind. <laughs> is like, I, I'm a very tall and, like, slim person. But for 20 years almost 20 years, I was on a, a very clean vegetarian diet. Um, everything was organic, non-GMO. I was very cognizant about that. But if I'm being honest, I felt like I looked like I had the body of someone that ate McDonald's every day. Mm. And I didn't understand why. And I felt a lot of guilt because I'm like, if I'm a nutritionist and I don't feel comfortable in a bikini on a beach, there's something wrong. But I'm like, I don't get it. Um, yes, I'm not working out in a gym seven days a week, but I shouldn't have as much you know adipose tissue fat around the belly as i did and so when i did my test i found out that i genetically produced more insulin in response to carbohydrates than mm. the average person yeah. so what that means is my body doesn't really differentiate between yams or chocolate it's going to overproduce insulin which is going to make more fat specifically on the belly so mm. what that tells me is that the vegetarian diet wasn't terrible diet for me because it was so rich in carbs. So when I switched it, boom, the weight came off. So, you know, that's a really um, poignant thing to learn because it explains so much that I didn't understand for so many years prior. So what, what does your nutrition look like now? Like you're, you're married and you have a couple kids, so you have children, you have yourself and you have your husband, probably all with very, very different needs. How do you, how do you balance that? Um, one thing that really helped me and I didn't know this going into it was when I was about to give birth to my second child, I was trying to delegate as much as I could so that, you know, in the first month after I had the baby, I'd have more support. And so I ended up um, joining Spud and doing the home grocery delivery. And mm -hmm. in it, they have um, what's called a recurring order. So I, you, you, you save certain foods and then you get shipped the same foods next week and you can always go and add or delete. And what it ended up doing for me is it made me more cognizant about 
okay, I need to have these seven proteins for dinners for the week, make sure I have, you know, two vegetables per meal. And it ended up organizing everything. So everything was done. So I knew that every day when I'd have to cook, I'd have my protein, I'd have a diverse range of vegetables. Um, I just kind of like organized it and it's worked really, really well. And it's simple. Um, and I've got like cheat sheets in my um, cupboards that I, I use with my clients so that they can just like tape it up in the cupboards in the kitchen. So if they're like, ah, I've got chicken thighs, but I don't know how to cook it. Boom. They open up, look at it. They see a simple recipe. And so I've had to, so that's really helped me on an organizational because by nature, I'm not a good person when it comes to plans. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but I really just made sure I had, you know, the proper macros I needed. I had everything so that I could survive for a week. Mm -hmm. So I guess it was like organization really. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you talk, uh, we talked about this earlier already, but working with success driven women, I'm wondering, and I mean, you, you, you're probably in your own demographic. You have two kids, you have your own business. I would imagine your husband's working. So very, very busy. Um, and, and stress affects the body as well. Uh, I'm just wondering if you could maybe talk about some of the challenges that, that busy people have when it comes to their nutrition and how you help people with those. Like how I help them de-stress or like, um, no, what are, what are the challenges that success driven women have the women that, that are in your demographic and, and how, do, how, do, how do you help them? So there's a few different ways. Um, I, I think I wrote this last night, actually, when I start working with a woman and I ask her, like everyone will say, oh yeah, I'm stressed out, but I'll, I'll say, okay, well on a scale of one to five, five being high, where would you rate yourself? And I noticed that a lot of women would say, oh, I, I don't know, about a two to three, but they're really a six or seven. Yeah. And what happens is when stress becomes normal for you and it becomes chronic, you don't realize when you're stressed out anymore. So I think um, awareness to when you're in a stressed state is really important. Um, so the first thing I help them is to identifying what it feels like when they're stressed out. I know that may sound like, of course, someone knows when they're stressed, but a lot of times people don't. They just think this mm -hmm. is normal. Um, and I have different techniques that I use dependent on, like I've got uh, techniques that I use with them in the moment when they're stressed out and they need to lower the cortisol levels, right? So there's um, various, there's a breathing technique that I use. Um, there's other techniques that pull someone out of their head back into their body so they can lower the stress hormones. Because mm. if those stress hormones stay high, well, they're going to be irritated, frustrated, stressed out. They're not going to think properly. It, you know, stress kills the dendrites in your brain. It, it kills brain cells, which is why you start having issues with memory and you can't remember things. Um, so there, there's that. And then I've got tools to help them ongoing basis reduce the stress. Like one is going for a walk in the evening, walking lowers cortisol. Mm. And so for a lot of women, um, they struggle with sleep latency, which is the time it takes to fall asleep in bed. Mm -hmm. So it's very common for a woman to, you know, go to bed and she may go to bed at a good time. Like she's very cognizant of that but she's lying there staring up at the ceiling for two hours and she can't fall asleep. So she gets in her head and then goes through this chain of anxious thoughts, worrisome thoughts. 
So when that's happening, it's usually because there's been a spike in cortisol. So I have to analyze, well, what is triggering this in your lifestyle? Is it because you're eating something for dinner that you're sensitive to? Because if you are, that'll spike cortisol. Are you engaging in any type of activity that would increase your nighttime stress? Like, are you going to the gym? Are you having arguments that are stressing you out? Are you working? Um, are you doing any type of strenuous like work on your house? Um, so we have to identify those things and make them aware of it um, and then find ways for them to calm down in the evening so we can get that stress down. So, I mean, it could be anything from reading a book. It could be, you know, taking, you know, the classic bubble bath, walking in the evening. Um, now there's a lot of really good apps that a person could get. There's one called binaural beats, which is kind of along the, the, the realm of meditation, but it's like these sounds that you listen to that change the waves in the brain to calm a person down in the moment. So there's lots of different, you know, tools that I can use to address a woman's stress. Um, but we have to start with the awareness of what it looks like. And also the awareness of how that stressor is creating the health issues because they may not relate the fact that they're getting more colds than normal throughout the year. They're getting the flu every year. And instead of a cold lasting, you know, five days, it's now going on two to three weeks. Mm -hmm. So when we can help them make the links, then that also motivates them to want to make changes in their lifestyle to help them become what I call stress resilient. Um, on your website, I'm just going to put my glasses on so I can read this. <laughs> you mention uh, energy, sleep. We've just talked about a little bit weight loss and digestion. I, I was wondering if there's a key strategy, like just to really boil it down, <laughs> if there's a key strategy that can help with, with all four things. Yeah. So one of the things I, so food sensitivities would be one mm. because, um, if you're eating something of which you're sensitive to, that's going to increase inflammation. That's going to increase your cortisol. So that's going to increase your stress. That will also put on weight, specifically around the belly. Um, it's going to lead to sleep issues, and it's obviously going to lead to fatigue. So identifying those trigger foods, eliminating them, and then working on healing the gut is one way. Um, another really simple thing I do is teaching women how to eat um, to create their meals so that it balances their blood sugar. Mm. Because when your blood sugar is balanced throughout the day, you're going to feel more calm. You're going to be more relaxed. You're going to be able to handle stressors because rather than go into reactive mode, you can go into problem solving mode. Um, you're going I was, to, I was going to ask you when you're talking earlier, if there's a nutritional way to handle stress. So that sounds like one of the ways is to balance your blood sugar, blood sugar. Okay. Yeah. There's certain yeah. nutrients as well, which are known for helping calm the person down. So there, sure. there's a bunch of things. Yeah. Okay. So I interrupted you. Were you going to continue on with that? Or are you going somewhere I with that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about like low energy? Is that um, is that just is that just a function of uh, carb uh, carbohydrates as well and insulin levels and stuff like that? Or like, like I think a lot of people 
And it must be really frustrating because, you know, if you, <laughs> I'll just speak personally, yeah. fatigued in the, fatigued in the afternoon and then, uh, you know, waking up at night and it's like, oh my goodness, it's like, you can't, you can't win, you know? So yeah. um, do you have any ways to help people avoid that lull in the afternoon? Yeah. So there's a lot. So I will state that it is normal that around 3 p.m. we will naturally start to feel a little less energetic and that just has to do with our circadian rhythm. Sure. I've read that somewhere. Yeah. It's quite yeah. natural. Yeah. But if you're tired at 10 a.m., it takes you two hours to get going in the morning. You crash at 1 to 2 p.m., then yeah, something's up. I mean, it's normal to be tired at 7 p.m. after work. You've physically and mentally exhausted yourself, but it's not throughout the day. Um, so I have lots of little tips and tricks. Like there's at least 12 to 15 things that come to mind, which are causes for low energy, right? Okay. Yeah. So you kind of touched on one of them, which is a disrupted circadian rhythm. So our sleep wake, our sleep wake balance is completely off in the modern world. Mm -hmm. We basically, we were designed to be outdoors all day in the sunlight because there's specific, um, uh, the spectrum of color, the, the blue light and the green light is what wakes us up. So when we're outside and we're exposed to sunlight, we get on a sunny day around 100,000 lux, which contributes to a lot of energy. Um, but then if you look at, oh, okay. And I should continue. So we get all of the good energetic energy from the sunlight. And then when the sun goes down and there's a sunset, the orange hues, the red hues, the yellow from the sun are what trigger melatonin to rise up to help us fall asleep. So you may have noticed that if you've gone camping, you probably get up earlier in the morning and you go to bed earlier yeah. and it's because you're living in nature with what, how our bodies were designed, but you look at the modern way of life, especially with all of us working from home now, um, we live indoors and mm -hmm. we're exposed to, you know, artificial lighting. We're not getting the sunlight. So we spend our days tired drinking coffee. And then in the evening, um, we are consuming electronics. So we're in front of the TV, iPad, cell phone, and we're getting all that blue light and that stimulates us. So we wonder why we're tired throughout the day and then suddenly we're stimulated in the evening and can't fall asleep. It's because we're no longer living in rhythm with the nature. Mm. So, I mean, that's a huge issue. That was one of my big issues when I had to work through my own exhaustion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there really is something called vitamin N. <laughs> that's important. Vitamin nature. Yeah, vitamin nature. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it really does just feel so much better. There's something to it, right? When you're outside first thing in the morning and, and then watching a sunset, you know, it's, it's, it's about more than just the beauty of it, I guess. It's actually, yep. there's some light energy stuff going on. Oh yeah. And there's <laughs> a lot of evidence to support it. It's a field known as chronobiology. So yeah, um, yeah. You know, sometimes the simplest answers are in nature. We don't need these complicated technological things to heal us, right? Yeah, yeah. You've alluded to it a couple of times. So, it, it, and that's your own story. So how did nature, how did light and nature play a role in your own story? And, and just tell us how, about your own nutritional journey. Oh, well, I have a lot. <laughs> But basically, nutrition is my second career. My first career was in business, uh, particularly in marketing. So I went to business school. 
And I went through a pretty severe burnout that I didn't want to admit because of shame and my ego was trying to protect me. But um, yeah, I was dealing with chronic exhaustion throughout the day where at any point during the day, I could have curled up and gone to sleep. I was starting to have sleep issues where, like I was describing, I couldn't fall asleep at night and I would just trigger a, a stream of negative thoughts about myself. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I should do this. I should be able to handle this load of work. Um, I was gaining weight. My acne was coming back. Like, you know, I couldn't think properly and I just felt like crap. And, you know, I, I'd see the doctors and they're like, well, I can give you sleeping medications. I can put you on antidepressants. And I'm like, but I'm, I'm, I'm not depressed. I think it's normal. I feel this way, but no one could ever really give me answers or proper solutions aside from drugs just to mask the pain. Um, but it got to a point where I started having these electrical shocks come out of the back of my head. And I freaked out thinking, oh my God, I have a brain tumor now. And so I ended up in the emergency and they're like, oh no, just go see a Cairo. So I ended up seeing an osteopath. Um, and I remember lying on the table and the woman was palpating my stomach and she just looked up at me and she was like, how much stress are you under? And in that second, I just broke down into tears and I, I cannot do her justice for what she said, but what I remember was that I was under so much stress that it had impacted my organs, like they had rearranged or something. I, I don't remember what it was specifically, wow. but it was something to do with my liver, but she could tell that I was under extreme amount of um, stress. Mm -hmm. And because I was probably at year three of my burnout at this point and not wanting to admit it. And I'd been told by, you know, a counselor I was seeing, you need to go on sick leave. You need to go on sick leave. But I kept denying it. No, what will people think of me? All my reputation in the industry. When that osteopath told me that, I, you know, I kind of fell into survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, you don't give a crap what people think about you. And so long story short, I went on sick leave. Um, and that led me to quit my, I, I ended up working with some life coaches, career counselors to really look at all aspects from a holistic point of view of what was going on. I decided to leave my career at that point. And I was living in Montreal at the time and I moved back to Vancouver, went to nutrition school. And it was only once I was in school here that I really learned about the root cause of what I was going through. And then everything just kind of made sense. And I was like, this is it. This is what I was meant to do. I want to specialize in this area because I know women are not getting support in this area. They're just being told, well, it's normal. Everyone's tired. Here's antidepressants. Here's sleeping medication, anti-anxiety medication. I wanted more than that. Um, so basically, like where I am today in my practice is the years it's taken me of studying this, guinea pigging on myself, guinea pigging on you know, correcting my own issues to really get to the point where I'm like, okay, now I know how to do this for women. So um, kind of the silver lining of the, the burnout that I went through, but like, I understand how vulnerable it can be for a woman and how embarrassing there's a lot of shame around it. Mm. But uh, it's important that people really understand at a root cause what's happening in terms of your hormones, your low morning cortisol, your circadian rhythm is disrupted. There's certain nutrient deficiencies. There's inflammation, gut issues, mitochondrial dysfunction, right? Like, yeah. so there's a lot of different things. And um, 
I could make it sound really complicated, but <laughs> the, the long story is that I've really looked at all the individual pieces that contribute to exhaustion and, and stress and sleep issues. And I found a way to help women through that. Excellent. Just say a bit about a bit about testing that you that you do. We've talked about it a little bit already, but maybe you could just expand on that. What sort of what sort of tests do you do? Because you just mentioned it, it can get really complicated, but I would imagine you do the tests and boil it down and for people and then go to the, you don't go to them with these complicated solutions or maybe even too in-depth of an explanation, but just yeah. you probably boil it down for people. So if you wouldn't mind just expanding a little, and didn't you were, you were rated as one of the top nutritional testers or something in, oh. in Canada, weren't you? Um, I don't know if I was the top, but I remember one of the scientists at a lab that I was using in Toronto um, told me that I basically send the most amount of, I don't know if I was number one, but I okay. send a lot of tests to them. And so when they do marketing, like, should we bring on this test or do they need support? They actually call me to, as a soundboard, just cause they know I use a lot. Um, <laughs> That's so probably great for some people. Like I'm, I, I'm sure some people are, are really are more are quite analytical and probably really ap appreciate that. Right. Like I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, just give me the bottom line and tell me what to do. Yeah. Although I am fascinated by the, the numbers as well, but I'm sure some there's, I know there's people more so than me <laughs> that like to see the numbers. Yeah, because it, it dictates how, um, uh, what's the word? It really dictates how seriously a person's going to take what I say. Mm. If I just say, Oh, you should try, you know, eliminating wheat or dairy. It sounds too generic, but if they see a test from a lab that says, yeah, you are overreacting to dairy, like your number is 120 and it should be 20, then mm. that sends the signal that a person really needs to be like, okay, I need to take this seriously. So you are right. A lot of people are more intuitive. They're like, yeah, I feel this isn't good for me. But a lot of the people I, I work with are a bit more left brain. They're, you know, high intensity or they're more science oriented. So when I can provide that, they're, they're more willing to take my recommendations. Mm. Um, so in terms of the test, so I use a lot of food sensitivity because I'm able to hit a lot of different health issues with that. I do saliva. And, and how do you do that? How do you do the food sensitivity? Like, do you have people oh. try certain foods and then you test them somehow or how is that done? So it's pretty simple. So, um, we basically just use what's called a little finger prick. Actually, okay. the correct term is auto lancet or something, but it's yeah. basically what a person with diabetes would use to test their blood sugar. Okay. And then okay. we're just collecting a few drops of blood into a little tube and then that gets sent to the lab and then they can analyze over 200 foods. Okay. So it'll tell me which foods in their current diet over the past three months are problems for them. Mm -hmm. And so there's different ranges and I can go in and see. Um, and I see patterns and stuff in people as well. So that's a big one that allows me to hit, you know, gut issues, fatigue, sleep issues, weight. Um, and then I use saliva hormone testing. So that's a spit test. You just spit into a tube. And with that, I can see a woman's sex hormones. So her estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, I can see her levels of melatonin and stress hormones. So I look at cortisol, DHEA, and then that gives me more insight into how she's responding to stress throughout the day. Um, I can look into her menstrual cycle to see that, oh, wow, uh, your progesterone's low because you're overstressed and it's eating up your progesterone right now. Because uh, when someone's really stressed, 
it converts their progesterone into cortisol, but then okay. that causes issues in a woman's menstrual cycle. So everything's related, right? Mm-hmm. And then the melatonin gives me insight into like gut issues they may be having and sleep issues, obviously. And then in terms of other tests, um, I was using a lot of stool tests, which sound really gross, but it's awesome because it tells me so much about what's going on. We can look for pathogenic bacteria or parasites that may be the cause of someone's um, gut issues. Um, I can see what foods they're reacting to. I can see what strains of bacteria, like probiotics they have. Um, So that gives me a lot of insight if I'm working with someone more on the digestive area. Um, I've done urine tests to look at certain toxins. Um, And I'm considering bringing back a hair mineral test, which is you take a sample of your hair and then they can see which heavy metals or your nutrient status is. And it's funny because um, like medical practitioners may, you know, poo poo it, but they use it in the medical industry in doing autopsies. They will use it to see if someone's been poisoned with arsenic, for example. So it is used in the medical industry. And I recently had a case with someone where I suspected something was off with her and that there may be some heavy metal toxicity. So we ran it on her and it it blew us away with what we found out. So I'm considering bringing that one back in for certain cases. So I can basically look at a lot of fluids throughout a person's body, but the food sensitivity and the hormones are the top ones I use. That's excellent. I, I love measurement. I actually do love measurement. Yeah. I'm maybe a little more analytical than I, I, I thought. <laughs> well, not thought, but e- e- expressed there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because th- then you have a baseline, right? You know where people are at. You can tell if, they, if they've made improvement or not, imp- yeah. not improved. And um, it's interesting that you didn't even mention weight, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you have people weigh themselves, but it's not just all about weight loss, is it? It's about all kinds of other things. Yeah. And then I guess I should add, I now have the genetic test um, that I just launched last week. So that's allowing me to get even more precise on people's health. Yeah. Excellent. Do you want to mention, I mean, I love client stories. I'm not sure if I prepped you for this or not, but um, (laughs) anonymously, of course, is there someone that you can talk about that, um, you know, that it maybe is a little kind of, typical of the person that you see that you've been able to help and had a really good result or payoff for? Yeah. So um, I'll give you an example of someone that I was able to help just even without the labs. Um, So back in April, I think I ran a contest called the 10 by 10 sleep challenge and the prize was a month of coaching with me for free. And so I had a woman win that, um, you know, she was mid thirties mom. She was on mat leave, um, had two kids, um, same spacing as mine almost. Our kids were almost born around the same. And she was experiencing um, uh, a lot of fatigue. Um, So she was having energy slumps around one to 2 PM. Um, She would have trouble finding words. She had a lot of brain fog, a lot of constipation. Um, and she wasn't able to fall asleep, like it was taking her a while at night. And so, uh, because it was just like a really simple package, um, I just did some tweaking and some basic nutrition on her. And I mean, she actually started getting within two to three business days, but when I followed up with her two weeks later, 
her mood was better. Her energy was through the roof, which was her words. Um, she wasn't crashing at 1 to 2 p.m. anymore. Um, her mom noticed that she was happier and seemed to have like a jump in her step. Um, she wasn't as irritable anymore with her kids or her husband. Um, she had lost about four pounds with two weeks, which is pretty good. Um, she didn't have the rumbly gut anymore. Um, we increased, you know, her bowel movements on average were one every four days. We got her to one every two days. Um, she was able to fall asleep faster. She wasn't waking up through the night anymore. She felt more calm, cool, and collected. She wasn't arguing with her husband as much and her sugar cravings were down. And that was just working with her. Like I suspected some food sensitivities and I'm like, okay, well, I don't know hundred percent. We're not going to run the test, but let me just, let's experiment here. I did some tweaking, um, help her uh, with her blood sugar throughout the day and boom, like by day two, it was almost immediately because if you eat something bad, you'll feel bad immediately. And mm. if you eat something great, you'll feel great. You know, that's an example of how fast someone can really improve when they're willing to work on this. So. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, another question that's just out of the blue <laughs> and, and that is as a young mom, have you found, have you had to tweak your, nutrition at all? Yes. So I have just gone through my own journey of fat loss, trying to lose my baby weight. So previously, um, I had never had to lose more than 10 pounds. So this was really good um, for me to know what it's like on the client's side. Mm -hmm. um, at the time when I was postpartum and um, like on that leave, I didn't realize certain things. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, but I had a lot of muscle wasting. I lost a lot of muscle through my pregnancies. Okay. And um, is that just because you were less active and less, you know, not not exercising as much, or is it? Uh, is it because it was of some other because things? I Chemical wasn't things? eating enough. Oh, you weren't eating enough. Okay. I was so stressed and overwhelmed with my first baby that. I was lucky if I got breakfast in by two or 3 PM. Oh, like I was okay. really, um, I was really overwhelmed with my first son. Uh, so now when I look back, I'm like, that was obvious, Carmen. Like I was barely probably getting in a thousand calories a day, but at mm -hmm. the time, you know, I was just so jumbled and sleep deprivation. So yeah, I've had to work on my own protein levels, increase the amount that I eat um, and recently with my genetic test, now I know that I need to switch around my macros. Like I, I burn uh, fat better for fuel than carbs. And that's helped me lose more of the belly weight, um, uh, just because of my insulin response. So I've actually had the opportunity to guinea pig a lot on myself, which has been great. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've, I've worked a lot. I mean, I always ate clean, but really playing around with those macros and stuff was um, really important yeah. for me and making sure I was getting enough calories. Interesting. Yeah, maybe maybe the next video will have to do with young moms or something. Yeah. <laughs> you There's have a whole a new demographic that you can, you I know. can reach out to now. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I know postpartum nutrition is definitely something that needs to become a thing. Yeah. Well, great, Carmen. This has been excellent. And uh, I really appreciate you joining me today. I just, before we go, I'm just wondering if there's anything that you were hoping we were going to cover that I missed. Um, 
Is there anything else you want to add to our discussion today? Um, no, just that if anyone's interested in the genetic consultation, I have a special on for the month of September. Okay, great. So it's normally $4.97, but I have it on for $1.97. Um, so that would allow us, um, we basically go through 10 different categories of health. So we can explore your cardiovascular health. We can look at weight. We can look at fitness, um, mental health, which is really fun, like your ability to focus. So I have that on special. Um, so I don't allow to say how to reach out to me, but, um, Oh, absolutely. No, I was, that's where I was going to go next. So I, yeah. <laughs> I have here your yeah. email open here. Well, go ahead. What's the best way to reach out to you for that? Is it your website at carmendunn.com? Yeah, they can go there or they can email me at info at carmendunn.com. Okay. Um, and to follow me on Instagram. So at Carmen nutrition, um, because I'm heavily promoting that right now uh, for the month of September. So if someone's looking to get more precise answers towards their health, this would be a great place to start. Excellent. And I'll just spell your name. It's C-A-R-M-E-N-D-U-N-N.com. And we'll have all of these things in our show notes as well. If you're listening today, instead of watching the video or not at our website, you can go to our website at fuelradio.com and we'll have um, all of the all of the links that that Carmen mentioned. So yeah, thanks again. I've I've <laughs> wanted to have this conversation with you for a long time. And it sounds like the timing was good. Like you you took a tiny little bit of a hiatus to have <laughs> have your second child, which is totally understandable. Yeah. And you were just you were just getting back at it. So yeah, I'm glad that this I'm glad that this worked out and we were able to talk today. Yeah, thanks so much for this. It's been fun. Mm -hmm.